All right, hello and welcome to the uh, YouTube podcast, episode number 66. Uh, this is the podcast, I've, I've forgotten how to do all this, so forgive me if I make a mistake, but uh, we talk about all things, uh, is it all things new, new Kids on the Block? Is that the right podcast? I'm on, I'm on yeah, the show, right? Yep, yep, yep. So, so far. Tour underway right now, and uh, so we're hoping to catch Donnie and Darko and Joey, Joey and uh, I, f- I forget the rest of them, <laughs> the other new kids. I'm sure. Anyways, no, this is the uh, YouTube podcast talking all things new YouTube, including for the first time in a long time, new album news and and tour dates, computer discussions, etc. From the staff of at U2 on the uh, on the episode this week, this time, this episode, I've got uh, to my right. Wait, wait, you got to introduce yourself first. You haven't yeah. been on in a while. <laughs> first, <laughs> nobody will remember who I am. I That's how quickly people forget about you on the internet. Uh, I'm Chris. I Chris on Twitter and uh, back hosting the show. Thank you to Matt for in my absence while I was off collecting maple syrup and whatever else you alerted the listeners to where I was. <laughs> there was a poutine emergency. Put, right. Oh yes, poutine. Yeah. And uh, but yeah. So Sherry, to my right. My left, Hello. my right. Welcome back. Sherry, you're rocking a helmet. My in case. Favorite, yeah, you know, my favorite line today is, I can see what you can't see. Thank you, Edge. <laughs> and uh, to my bottom, <laughs> below me, this is uh, Colin. Welcome back, Colin. Thank you. I'm hoping my internet does not black out this time. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, uh, Mr. Matt McGee. Welcome back to the Chris, program. how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Now, it's been a few podcasts and I just want to make sure, did you remember to start recording? <laughs> I think so. Check the levels. I think so. We'll, we'll find out pretty quickly. Well, no, we won't actually. Okay. We'll find out in the end uh, <laughs> where, <Okay. laughs> if anything, any of this is recorded. This could but. be the most, uh, the most, what's the word I'm looking for? Fleeting podcast we've ever done. Yeah. Impermanent. Fabiano's watching live, so at least he'll have seen it, if nothing else. We, we, right, we have at least it. one We have at least one in our audience. I think he actually transcribes every episode as we do it, so right now he's writing it out for us, so there'll be a written version that you can read later. <laughs> no. no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but Colin, you were actually, Joshua Tree Tour is underway still. That's not, it's not completely old news, but it's back up, started up again in the States. There's obviously other exciting things we're going to get to in a, in a moment here, but I uh, just wanted to touch base with you you had recently saw the show in detroit right yeah the uh opening or reopening in detroit and um uh, you know it was it was really n- nothing unusual happened really until patty smith came out and uh it seemed she was a little confused as to when the verse and the chorus was uh <laughs> she, she, uh the song kind of took on a, a different life of its own when she came out and it got a little more experimental, but um, it was it was just cool to see her in that room. Um, and then, of course, uh, when they did one, the graphics on the screen changed. It went uh, it opened with the Texas flag, uh, which morphed into I believe it went from the, the Texas flag to the American flag to the Red Cross to the message at the bottom about you know texting. 90999 to the Red Cross to donate $10. Um, so it was, uh, and that, I thought that was very fitting. And of course, when you have that kind of sentiment during the, sh- or, you know, towards the end of the show, it's kind of hard to bounce back from that and say, okay, now here's our new single surprise, <laughs> you know? You're yeah. the best thing about me. Um, or <laughs> the blackout, you know, you don't yeah, want right, to have a blackout exactly. with a hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so it's, I mean, we've been, they rehearsed the new songs, uh, at least two of them, I think, um, before the show. So there was a lot of speculation as to, you know, we all kind of thought they were going to play it because they rehearsed it so much, but I can't think of where, or when in the show they would actually do that where it would work. So, and plus, I uh, bet was, they, I bet they, I bet they promised uh, the Tonight Show people that it would, it would be the first live performance yeah, of that song. Probably, maybe that's what they were rehearsing for. You know, <laughs> um, maybe not the show itself, but uh, so yeah. I mean, it was disappointing when that happened, but I can kind of understand that. And it was, uh, I don't know if this has happened before, but this, I mean, this is the fourth time I've seen the show. I've saw both Chicago shows and the Cleveland show. And now Detroit, and it was it had a roof over the stadium, uh, which I thought was odd. Uh, and I know it's kind of a weird thing to harp on about, but 
uh, you know, I, I really just that screen should not have like these safety lights on, you know, behind it. Uh, I, I, it should just be blackness behind that screen just to give it that more cinematic feel to it. Uh, so that was, I thought that was kind of odd, but uh, Beck was a great opener. So that was amazing. Yeah. How was, how was he received by the YouTube crowd? Like, was it, I think pretty favorably. I mean, even if, you know, not a lot of people knew his songs. I mean, he opened with two of the hits, um, but uh, he got the crowd going. He got the crowd moving and, and excited. So, I mean, he, he, he knows how to do that sort of thing. He's played in big venues before. So it's not like uh, the Lumineers who had, you know, a bit of a learning curve when they came out. Yeah. But uh, so I thought that I thought Beck was just great, a, a great opener for this. And where were you uh, situated for the show, like in the stadium? This was the first time I situated myself. Uh, it was GA, and I was uh, I went towards Edge's side this time, which I hadn't done before. So uh, I usually try to go dead center, because you know, dead center, middle, uh, you know, like thirty people back. So I think that's just the best way to watch the video images on there. Mm-hmm. And so this was, you know, I the one thing I noticed about the you know, been wondering why there's a curve in the screen, and I don't know if we ever got a definitive answer or not. But when that One Tree Hill is on, and that that tree, the the Joshua Tree, is lit up, it really looks three dimensional. Um, if you look at it long enough, you see like the tree coming, you know, just parts of the branches really coming out at you, even though it's like, you know, you don't have three D glasses to make that happen. But it really looks like it is. So yeah. Um, I, I don't know if the curve has something to do with that, but I just like, I think that's amazing. Yeah, it's very cool. I think um, there's a, the, I was just trying to find the reference to it. I, I know it's on at youtube.com somewhere, but the link to, is it popular mechanics or pop, uh, engineering magazine? I forget which oh, are. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Pop, talk, yeah. Pop yeah. Uh, we'll put a link to the, in the show notes to it, but just a great article just on the technical side of, of just constructing the, and, and it isn't like a play by play of, of building the screen, but t- tells an interesting story, I guess, of how the crew is involved and who is involved with building the screen and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, there's um, a good video with it too. Oh, is there? Oh, good. I actually instapapered it and missed that. So I'll have to go back and, and catch that, uh, the video version of that. Um, but yeah, definitely worth re- a read and apparently a watch. So, <laughs> um, uh, just in terms of the inbox, we have the, the uh, ask at you two hashtag ask at you two inbox uh, that you can send in questions, comments through Twitter, and uh, we'll hopefully try and grab them. And uh, we uh, we actually had an audio message from at Bruner Caffey. I think if I lined everything up right, uh, we should hear that shortly here. Hi guys, this is Christoph from Switzerland. A big fan of your podcast. My contribution is a bit off-topic, but maybe not so much, because you two have just started to promote their next record. And I don't know if you followed former U2 supporting act Arcade Fire. They released the latest record, Everything Now, a few weeks ago. And their promotion campaign reminded me very much of U2 in the Achtung Baby Sue TV era. Arcade Fire set up fake corporations and fake social media accounts, They released strange TV ads for products, for example, a fidget spinner containing their new album. Um, The look of some of their videos had very much the Sue TV feeling, this uh, feeling of information overload. And I really think they were inspired by you two, because Arcade Fire seemed to be fans. Maybe you remember a few years back, Arcade Fire performed with big, massive hats on, similar to the big, massive hats that you two had before their Sue Roper shows. So I thought this was really cool that you two not only musically inspire bands, but also in the way the bands do their promotion work. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Thank you, guys. Keep up the good work with the podcast. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, and yeah, we love uh, getting audio questions or comments from listeners. There's a there'll be a link in the show notes. It's basically a link to a Dropbox where you can throw um, drop audio files into if you want to record one. That's what uh, he did, and or you can just Twitter message me a, a Dropbox link or whatever you want to do um, on on Twitter, and and I'll grab an audio file that way too. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think? The I, I certainly sort of felt like a, a bit of reminiscing in terms of what Arcade Fire was doing in their promotions. And I'm sure there's other bands that have sort of lifted various parts of of a band like U2 and you know, made it their own a little bit. Coldplay being another one in terms of lots of sort of things they seem to be mirroring what U2 has done over the years. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Sherry, any, you're sort of nodding your head along with that. 
Oh, yeah. That was the first thing that came to mind when I uh, started watching some of the Arcade Fire promotions, and especially when they did their performance on, um, uh, uh, what was it? SNL? The show with, uh, no, 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 with um, Stephen Colbert where he had to you know present the spake product and 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 they did this video for the everything now corporation beforehand and all i could keep thinking of was zoo tv the zoo tv outside broadcast thanksgiving special where it was the almost the entire show was this fake program with fake news and fake products and also going as far as pop mart where you had pop for men, pop for sport, pop for perfume, pop for everything, that it just felt very deja vu-y that, uh, you know, 25 years later, here we have a, a different band doing almost the exact same thing that you two did a quarter century ago. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, Arcade Fire is kind of my my, sec, my number two band, uh, you know, so I've seen them about 10 times and... <laughs> Uh, he is right on target about the about everything and, and about the the promotional stuff and the the, the big paper mache heads. Uh, I remember when I went and saw the Arcade Fire on the Reflector tour a few years ago. You walk into the stadium and there's uh, there's people in the on the floor. It's general admission uh, with the paper mache Arcade Fire heads on, just kind of dancing around the floor as people were coming in. Very much like the Zoo TV intro, you know, the pre-show thing that they did in Europe, um, and uh, and Arcade Fire's shows have been got, have gotten bigger and more elaborate, and using a lot more video reinforcement over the years. They are definitely have that ambition to put on shows on the scale of of U two, and then of course they've learned a, a lot from they've, they've borrowed a lot of things that U two have done. But I think it's I don't think it's ripping off. I just think it's kind of updating it for this generation of music fans who didn't aren't being brought up on U2. They discovered Arcade Fire the way we discovered U2 all those all those years, you know, decades ago. So um, I think it's great. I mean, I, I I've I've been I've been been enjoying watching their 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 rise and and the, the their shows and how much more sophisticated they've been getting. And like you too, they've incorporated a lot of spirituality in their music, and they get very political. And um, but you know, there's also a lot of heart and soul in their music. So um, yeah, the, the the similarities and the parallels. There's there's a lot of pop mart parallels in the last tour and the last album. Um, so it's it's not surprising to me, and I, but I think it's pretty great. Yeah, and it's less uh, it's more homage and less ripping it off. I guess is the the sentiment, right? It's not they're like doing they're it their way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That idea of yeah, and it's not uh, un, un, unheard of. I guess unusual to be um, sort of analyzing and looking at our culture, the, whether it's capitalism or the way the media talks to us. And yeah, and I think when when you two did it, part of it was making fun of themselves and sending up their own kind of self seriousness of the eighties. Whereas Arcade Fire. Uh, it's really is more about the bigger picture about our, you know, our country and our culture and all that. So, yeah. Cool. Um, at Shki 23 S yeah, whatever. <laughs> What's up with edge saying that Bono had a health scare worried he might not be around much longer while making songs of experience. I don't know. There's no, I don't know. Do you guys know what they're referring to exactly there? Yeah, that was one of the interviews that he gave today in the, in the marathon phone calls. Uh, to promote You're the Best Thing About Me. Uh, I think he might have been, meant, uh, you know, referencing, well, we had the back issue back in 2010. We had the bike issue that, of course, we all know about. Um, they're not getting any younger. <laughs> so I think so that, well, you know, I, <laughs> I, I still believe that the younger the audience in the stadium at the start of the show, when they leave the show, they look about 20 years older because Larry just sucks the life force right out of them. But, you know, that's another podcast topic. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> That's what that but wave is I all about, actually, halfway through, when Larry does that <laughs> thumbs up or whatever. Yes, that's yes, actually, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, we, 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 uh, <laughs> so all, all of that health talk, I, I think that, you know, it, it, definitely put a damper on uh we're gonna live forever 
and they're realizing their own mortality. Yeah. And there, there's something else Bono had mentioned. I think there a question from at Foro too, a little later on that kind of ties into this idea of uh, any thoughts on that last question, the very evasive non-answer by Bono in the, the Dutch radio interview where the, the host said something about, you better make sure this album is not goodbye, just a new start. And Bono doesn't really answer that and just says, thanks for the interview and made some jokes about how he had done some Josh tree artwork for them in the past and kind of just skipped over that. And so it, it does kind of leave you, I mean, it's, who knows that could just be tired from concert the night before and not really running out of time and trying to get on to the next thing or whatever. But also if they are sort of dropping little hints along the way of, <laughs> it does kind of make the, the, the fans, I guess, a little anxious, right? Uh, well, I don't think that that was the only interview where there was a reference about that. Um, uh, Bono is uh, acquaintances with, uh, who is it, Matt, Brendan Kennedy, Kennelly, the, the, Kennelly. Uh, yeah, yeah the Irish, uh, the Irish the writer. Poet. He, yeah, he um, he actually helped Bono with his uh, uh, bullet rant for the 2015 tour, uh, and and wrote the liner notes for the um, Innocence and Experience in Paris uh, set. Uh, but he gave apparently he gave Bono some advice to uh, uh, to write as if you're dying, so that might be part of the inspiration behind the album. Um, but you also have. Uh, uh, behind the scenes, you know, what more is there to say? You know, they're they're coming to the end of a contract. At least, I believe that they're coming to the end of their contract. We don't know if they're going to renew it or not. Um, they may just, you know, decide we're done with the studio stuff and uh, and that's it. So if this is the last album that's out, they want to be proud of it. And I also think that the death of David Bowie might have kind of. Uh, 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 reframed the way that they want their career to be. So, you know, uh, if he doesn't want us to have these conversations, he shouldn't be saying those types of things. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening, Bono. Yeah. I'll, take a, I'll take a different tact on that. I think something happened. Um, there were two mentions. Bono, in the Dutch interview, Bono said something about how he had some sort of health scare or some bumps in the road uh, while they were working on this album so i and then in the in a spanish radio interview edge said that something happened some very serious event happened that caused bono to reflect on everything and decide to write the songs as letters to the people around him yeah um so i don't think it's referring to the back injury and you know the any of the other things that's that you know happened three four five six seven eight years ago it sounds to me that they're hinting that something that we have no idea about uh, happened within like the last year, year because it was supposed to, the album was supposed to come out like a year ago, and then the election they decided to kind of redo things, uh, re, sort of refocus. So I just the, yeah, there, there were those two quotes that just kind of really make you think like what on earth was going on and. Um, yeah, I just, I, I just, it, it just makes me wonder if we're ever going to hear any more about it, or if these little two kind of mysterious, cryptic references to it are—is that it? I don't know, but I, it sounds to me very, very, very much sounds to me like something happened while they were reworking these songs. Well, it is those little things that give him away, Matt. <laughs> it is. You're right. <laughs> and obviously, I would say like the my mind goes to like i remember you know say even somewhat apt comparison i guess but like back to the when steve jobs and apple and they were sort of like hiding the fact that steve jobs was really sick and so like i i would go that way but the fact that they sort of delayed this album um and did the joshua tree thing points to me anyways it gives me some reassurance that it's not that he's got some terminal illness that he's hiding from us or somehow you know going on tour <laughs> doing the joshua tree tour and living with something that's you know imminent uh as far as health wise I, I guess but maybe there was something that uh that happened or like matt said you know either to him personally or in their life that- i thought it goes back to the bike incident that it could have all been gone as quick as that right and and as he was laying flat on his back for you know how long songs of innocence had already been released at that point and i recall during his mending period before the tour 
them saying that that he was focusing on the craft of his songwriting a bit more. And that was when the first idea of writing letters came up. So I honestly, I think that they're that they may be referencing the bike accident in that type of uh, uh, in that type of way. I don't think that that it was anything in addition to that. Yeah. Well, we'll only find out someday if uh, we get another, I don't know, Bill Flanagan book or <laughs> some, <laughs> some sort of behind the scenes expose thing or whatever that they decide to do. Um, it get would, on uh, it, Andy at Rolling Stone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's jump up to the uh, topic of the week. I, I, you guys didn't actually, you hadn't talked about the blackout either. Did you last, last episode or was it, we no, skipped an we episode, came, right? Right. We yeah. We came for real, you, Chris. Yeah. We did. Thank you. Because you're the best thing about us. And uh, so, so yes, we decided to have a blackout last week for the blackout. (laughs) That was the most important. No, we we talked about doing a a quick B-side last week, but scheduling and just all the craziness and it just, it never happened. Right. So yeah, in since last last we recorded an episode, anyways, they released the blackouts. Uh, well, it's not really a release. I don't know. Even Bono kind of fumbled as far as how to reference it. It's on Facebook somewhere, he said, and so you can watch it on there if you want to listen on it there. So it's not a single. This is what's funny to me is like it's sort of a a song that's out there that you can go listen to, but it's not our official single in the way that back in the nineties and stuff, we used to release singles, <laughs> but now we're going to release you're the best thing about me as our single. So now focus on that one. And uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm just curious just from a marketing perspective, what your guys thoughts are on, on how that all kind of plays out. Like why we've heard now three songs from this album already in various ways. And uh, they're kind of like trickling it out. They're not doing the big, bam release of the last album um so why sort of trickle this stuff out is it because we're going to be scared of what we hear in one song so they want to give us another one to for the people who like the ballad and love songs or i don't know matt you're about to exhale i'll just (laughs) (laughs) i was watching the video i'm raising my hand i i yeah i just think that they are doing this i think they started playing little things that give you away in vancouver and i think they're doing this now as the third leg of the tour starts primarily to remind everybody that they are not a nostalgia act, that they have new music, that they are forward looking, that this is not just let's, you know, it's not the glorifying the past while the future dries up, et cetera, that sort of thing. So I, that to me is what is motivating the decision to get these songs out there while they are touring a 30 year old album. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, that sounds right. I mean, in the wake of the Joshua Tree tour, like there's been one think piece after another about nostalgia. And I, you know, the band is very susceptible to that sort of perception and they like to just get out ahead of their critics as much as possible. Uh, So I think that, that, that theory is pretty solid. I think that it's going to be a very busy fall uh, for new music coming out. Um, funnily enough, I had this conversation earlier in the day that somebody thinks that that U2 is just trying to copy Taylor Swift in, that seems in right. dropping yeah. a lyric video, then they yeah. drop the regular video, then it goes to radio, then it goes mm. to ABC for, for their scandal <laughs> premiere music, yeah. and then to ESPN. That uh, I'm like, well, you know, you two kind of did it before Taylor was even born. So um, it's like wanting one upping with one another on that. Um, but it's also very deliberate versus what we had for Songs of Innocence. Um, people are going to know almost what a third of the album before the album's even released. And the only single you can purchase right now is You're the Best Thing About Me. You can't purchase Blackout. You can't purchase um, little things that give you away. Um, you're going to have to get the album if you want those those other two songs. So I think that it's a smart way to get people familiar with the with the music. And, you know, Bono even said in one of the uh, interviews today, I think it was on a WXRT, that... Um, that he wants to hear the blackout at a gig, but when he's flipping on on the radio, he wants a song with light. 
So it's sort of the best of both worlds. You've got the light pop hit uh, versus the punk hit, both hitting at a, around the same time. Mm-hmm. So, so it caters to a wider audience. So then I guess just following the promotional discussion, I guess, a little further down the road. So what do they do next then? At some point, they well, the, the talk is December 1st is the album is released, but do they have another single uh, that comes out post-album, pre-album? And if so, would it be something we've already heard, like the Blackout of the You're the Best, or um, the Little Things That Give You Away? Or is it then a fourth song that we have yet to hear that is released as a single? It wouldn't surprise me if they released The Showman, uh, seeing as that's that's a letter to the fans about not uh, trusting performers, um, as Bono said earlier today. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that one was the fourth single. Or the second single, but well, the fourth song. Was, yeah. that, Second single. Whoa. Yeah, I, I, I have no, I mean, uh, just speculating. Yeah. I, I would assume there will be another single before Christmas around the time that the album comes out. I don't think, I don't think Best Thing is going to have like a three month shelf life. So yeah, I would assume there'll be more videos and more promotional stuff to come when the, uh, when the album comes out. And I would assume that after the tour ends in October, that they will do some promotional appearances, you know, like they did for the, past few albums uh tv shows that sort of stuff and i don't see why they wouldn't which is yeah the the we'll talk about it, i guess but the they're not going to be on the tonight show on tomorrow night actually as we record this so um but um the, the all they've released so far the, the singles in the various itunes stores the amazon streaming every you know streaming services all over um there's the official lyric video that they released copying taylor swift as we mentioned <laughs> and uh and uh but not an official video for it right other than that like there's no traditional music video that they've put out um and so there will be coming. yeah there will be one next week all right well there you go Ooh, i think breaking I, news I, matt I, breaking I, news dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> and in, and in the meantime i mean they also it looks like they lifted the embargo for all the press people who got to listen to the album you know, in those private listening parties, because the New York Times, I think it was the New York Times, had a big article yeah. about somebody who heard the whole album. So from between now and the release of the album, we might see a lot more write-ups about it, and that just gets the word out even more. Um, so it's just, it's just, I mean, U2 has learned from past mistakes to not take anything for granted as far as, you know, getting, making sure people know your album is out there and getting uh, as much promotion on it as you can so you can you know pay yeah. for these extravagant tours and everything <laughs> the good thing is is taylor swift's album comes out three weeks before u twos, so we oh. should be good on that right <laughs> <laughs> that'll be just they're just copying her obviously right that's exactly mm-hmm. what's going on there so the uh do you think as a band they're they're worried each time like when they release a new album right like they and bono's kind of like either in character of promotion for the album has sort of said things like this, alluded to the things like this of like reapplying for the job and all that kind of stuff. But do you think as they get ready for this, are they actually nervous that, you know, it's only going to be sold to 50,000 people and they're going to be done or is, have they somewhere we were, I think in the Slack, YouTube Slack when we were chatting a bit about like sort of their legacy and all that kind of stuff. And are they sort of established now and they're not too worried anymore that they're going to fumble and make a really serious mistake with something like this or, do they still get, does Larry lie awake at night worrying about, uh, yeah, what's what's going to happen when the album is released and how are they going to fit these song titles? Larry lies awake at night worrying about wrinkles on his face. <laughs> he tries not to worry. <laughs> Otherwise, get worried. And whether he looks, you know, 29 or 30 yet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Chris. I, you know, they always talk that way and, you know, re- all that sort of stuff. And I just, I have a hard time believing because we've heard it so many times. So, Maybe the general public who doesn't, you know, follow every word that they utter, you know, maybe they buy into it hook, line and sinker and, you know, oh, wow, you know, U2 is really scared that they're not going to be have a hit or anything like that. I don't know. I just it's it's come just being that, you know, as we, you know, part of a fan site and, you know, reporting on everything they say and doing all this stuff. It just for me, it's just hard to have a sense of how much of that is just them knowing that they have a good line that they can tell a reporter versus how, what they actually believe. So yeah, that's sort of false. I don't this know. Is probably, <laughs> this is probably one of the most vetted albums before the album was released. I mean, think about all the listening 
parties right? that they yeah. had prior yeah. prior to the shows in stadiums where mm-hmm. you you had a large variety of different people there from radio from promotion you know um across the uh, uh sphere all the friends that have heard it uh all the people who probably shouldn't have heard it but have um they've been playing it to people during interviews um i mean i think about the uh uh adams there with the youtube talking to me um, yeah, podcast that they heard five songs kimmel said that he had heard half the album uh, i'm sure fallon's heard it um so I you know, think to be honest, I think the four know, of us are the only ones that haven't. So yeah. <laughs> I would Actually, agree with you on that little fact. I uh, ran into Bono on the bus today, oh. and uh, he played it for me. So yeah, I, I'm not allowed to say that. So we'll just we'll edit that part out. But yeah, it's interesting that they're only like letting people hear like five songs, you know, because they're so into the concept of the album and hearing things as an album, and you know taking that album journey and now it's just like yeah we'll let you hear a few songs here a few songs there um it's you know. still more than they normally would so right no you know, i know I, but it's, yeah yeah um matt you had a poll that you were running on at you two today what uh i forget was it the comparison of the two songs or was it what was the uh question? yeah it was it, we uh, we didn't actually post it on the site just use the social channels oh, right. twitter and facebook to get the word out but it was a little just a little three question thing um, asking what, you know, what do you think of uh, the new song? uh, Best thing. What do you think of the blackout and which one do you like better? And I, you know, people were like, yo, what about little things? Well, little things we've only heard live. And from what I have heard from little birdies, the album version is going to sound different from what we've heard live. So I thought, you know what, let's not have people judge something that may sound different on the record. So let's just focus on, you know, these two released songs in the last week. Um, and so, yeah, my goodness, like it was like six hours ago, I think. And we already have more than 1600 responses. It's <laughs> just crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, you want me to real quick go over the, yeah, yeah, just that's a real yeah, quick yeah. summation of the results. Okay. So question one, what do you think of you two's new song? You're the best thing about me. Um, but, uh, 20, Nine percent love it, forty-four percent like it. So there's seventy-three percent with a positive reaction. Sixteen uh, percent are neutral, and then the other, say, seven nine percent don't like it. Uh, so you've got seventy-three like it, nine don't like it. Uh, for the blackout, it's even more lopsided. It's about eighty-three uh, percent like it or love it. And only about 4% don't like it or hate it. The rest are neutral. And then the last question, which of the two songs do you like better? It's uh, Blackout, 60%, Best Thing, 40%. So hmm. there you go. Well, it's, and mean, that it's- sort of follows the statistics run by our friend Beth, um, um, Beth Nabby in her, in her classroom today. <laughs> She put up a, a, a board for her students to ask, which one do you like better? And played both songs. And uh, the kids went for the blackout, as did uh, 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 Mrs. Mullen Jr. on Twitter. She has a, uh, um, a grade school class, and she did the same thing. And, hey, the kids prefer the blackout. Yeah. So there you have between it. All the, you know, between Beth and her class and then Mrs. Mullen Jr. and then on our staff, Dave Witt. Uh, who's teaching a U2 class. I mean, it just makes me want to kind of want to go back to college all of a sudden. I'm thinking this <laughs> classes weren't like this when I was in school. Yeah. Well, I think isn't Ms. Mullen Jr. She's like edu- uh, elementary school, right? Or something. I, th- I thought some, I saw a tweet uh, I somewhere. I think it's uh, six, high school, maybe um, sixth grade or seventh yeah, grade. Anyway. She hands out Bono bucks for uh, <laughs> uh, good, good behavior. And, uh, and um, instead of flat Stanley, it's a flat Bono in her nice. classroom. And, yeah. uh, and uh, her, uh, teaching is centered around um, you two related things and specifically Bono, which is funny because she's Mrs. Mullen yeah. Jr., but that's a whole other oh, issue. Man. I'm sure. Yeah. I want her to work at my elementary school. I work at an elementary school and that we have nothing that cool. But <laughs> <laughs> Although I do, I teach a Star Wars class, so I have that distinction. So. Yeah, that's, that's oh pretty my cool. Gosh. Yeah. See, we didn't have classes like this when I was in school. Right? Yeah. Which brings uh. me to my question, Colin. So, if you think about the three songs that have been released, would you think of 
little things that give you away is being Star Wars. Uh, Blackout is being Empire Strikes Back. And you're the best thing about me as Return of the Jedi sans Ewoks. What are your thoughts? No, I think you're the best thing we about are, me is we are Jedi winner factor 30 okay. right now. <laughs> no, no, I think. Yeah, I think the the I had my Ewok moment today when I heard the song. So yeah, um, no, I I agree with that. Yes, Blackout is definitely Empire Strikes Back because it's the darkest. Yeah, I agree. That's a real Zoo TV moment. <laughs> right, so it's completely irrelevant, but uh, in terms of the big picture, but it's just kind of fun to to do, just like you did in the poll. Which song do you like better, the Blackout or you're the best thing about we? Let's say you're in the room um, and. Bono's looking at you and saying, which song should we put out as our first single? Irrelevant of what actually has happened, but, um, or whatever metric you want to use for why you'd pick one over the other anyways. But you have to, you're on a desert island. You can only take one of the songs, whichever, whichever way we want to frame this question. But starting with Sherry, uh, the blackout or you're the best thing about me and, and why, I guess, which one is your blackout hands down because we need rock and roll and that's a rock and roll song. All right, Colin, how about you? hundred percent agree yeah definitely and not not just from a marketing perspective you're thinking but just like you you want just, you want the rock it's better it's better production i like that i can't really understand everything he's saying like on the first listen i i kind of like the distortion i love the sound of the crowd i hope it's on the album i have a feeling it won't be um so you know but uh but yeah. i i i dig it i think it's terrific Whereas the other one, I just, um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying, I'm really trying. (laughs) It's the YouTube fan dilemma of like feeling obligated to like something, but it's like, oh man, I really want to be more excited about this, but I'm just not feeling it. (laughs) All right, Matt, how about you? Uh, I'm the exact opposite of Colin. I am best (laughs) things hand hands down. Blackout to me is, Paint by Numbers U2, I listened to it once and I have not listened to it since. Um, it's, I mean, I don't hate it, it's, but it sounds just like, it sounds just like um, The Miracle, uh, it sounds just like Boots, it sounds just like Vertigo, it's, I mean, it's just, it's, and I kind of wonder if maybe they just put it out there the way they did because they know it sounds like all those other songs that they've released as their first singles. Um, so yeah, Blackout, it just, I don't know, it just did not grab me. Best Thing. Uh, it, you know, not my favorite U2 song by, but you know, by any means, I do like the remix version. Uh, mm-hmm. That sci-fi, whatever it's called, sci-fi soul. Re- I think that's really, really good. Um, but yeah, I I prefer the best thing of the of the two of them. So you know what, you know what else I don't like? <laughs> you know what else? I don't- <laughs> Matt, do you think the band wanted to release Blackout as the first single, but the label said no? We want you're the best thing. About me as, as the first single? I, I would like to think that they get to choose that, wouldn't you? Yeah, at this point well, especially, you the think? the band hasn't been mm-hmm. very successful with um, um, choices they haven't. Of, of, of launch singles. And, and, so may, and maybe that's the... Overruled. And, and maybe you just hit on why there's two of them out there, because they know the last few times that they've just picked one that uh, you know maybe it wasn't the best one to choose. Well, let's put a couple different ones out there, especially two that you know sound you know one more rock, slash punk one more pop so you know that could have something to do with it mm-hmm. yeah i think uh for me i think the the blackout I, i'd err on the side of the rock songs and i i get where you're coming from matt in terms of it sounding a lot of, like the a few of their other sort of more rocky let's make a distortion song kind of thing but if something about it i think just even the just purely the amount of like chord changes they or where chord or riff whatever you want to call it but, uh changes they put in there that adam has to keep up with and edge has to remember to do like if they consider playing it live or whatever it, it actually has like some some um what's the word like some effort required to play it i guess <laughs> in the way that like a vertigo often it's just you know it's very s- simplistic in in form anyways uh not that it's easy to write a song like vertigo or or um boots or whatever but um but yeah it feels like there's at least some musically some challenge to it i guess that they put into it some effort yeah and i i and i i, and I totally respect what you're, what you're saying but i i as a non-musician i come from a different place so yeah. what it's like to play it i i just pick on a guitar i know <laughs> no but like that distorted guitar sound i am i hate you know here's go ahead with that sound effect you know what else i don't like <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm tired of that like distorted. 
Yeah, see, I, I'm just tired of that distorted guitar sound. From It was like throughout almost all of the last album, and I'm like, I want edge back. I want the edge with the, the like shimmer the and the echo, the chiming. That's I want that back. So I don't know. I think that probably played into why I don't like Blackout. I'm just, I've had enough of songs that sound like that. So anyway, but I totally respect that you guys like it, and I think that's cool <laughs> and, and all that sort of stuff. So I'll shut up now. So we all have things that we're like, tired of that we want more of and yeah, you know, yeah exactly me, and i hate me, i hate when we, i hate when we have conversations like this because it sounds like i'm whining and i'm not whining right, i just you know right. whatever volcanoes like I, I'm, I'm tired of this the songs that are of about bono being self-deprecating and i don't get i don't deserve everything that i have i'm tired of that and that's what i heard today and i'm just like oh come on um, but you know, I, I have a feeling when I hear this, when I hear you're the best thing, when I hear it live, I'll probably feel differently. It's happened before. It might happen with this song. I can see it. Well, I see best thing live to transform. I mean, had it not been for Kygo um, dropping the song a year ago, uh, live in concert, uh, that sort of distorted my, my perspective of the song because I love that Kygo mix. And so listening to the album mix or the single mix that they released today, it brought me back to um, uh, Might Go Crazy If You Don't Go Crazy Tonight because in concert, I love that that dance version of it. And the version on the album, it's, it's, it's kind of poppy and folksy. Um, I see something very similar with You're the Best Thing About Me, where you're going to have a good dance version, a dance remix coming from Kygo soon. Uh, uh, he's going to be allowed to? <laughs> uh, he's been playing it in concert oh, okay. uh, uh, past, past, uh, past few, um, few shows. So I kind of see Kygo's version superseding U2's own version, but U2's getting it out there so that you get used to the album mix and then, hey, here's this really cool mix that y'all will like. That's why I think this song's got a bit of longevity because they are staggering the different versions of this song so that radio stations can have a choice of which version they want to play. And I'm totally down with that. Like I, I would totally love this song if the production on it were just more... Uh, and I know Bono hates this word, but interesting. Um, you know, it's just it just sounds like uh, it's ordinary love again. And I just I I'm you know I I like the I prefer the Eno stuff. I love the Eno Lenoir stuff to the Steve Lillywhite stuff. So uh, so I'm always looking for cool, cooler textures and soundscapes that are unlike anything I've heard before. And U2 has always been good at delivering that. Um, but this one just kind of sounds like, you know, just sounds like Lily White to me, which isn't always great. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I, 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 I prefer like to have my ears go, oh, wait, what's that sound? Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, but with, so I, so if they do something different with it live and do more remixes of it, I will definitely warm up to the song a lot more, I'm sure. And any song that can rhyme dinosaur and meteor, <laughs> oh, don't, even, for me. don't even get me going on that. No, 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 no. Yeah. The, I, I saw your comment in the Slack about the names that he calls out and, you know, sort of a callback maybe to Paul Simon and stuff. And I hear that, but it's nowhere near as good as Paul Simon. So it feels like don't, <laughs> maybe it's a, like we were talking about Arcade Fire on homage or whatever, I guess, but it feels more like Lazy Bono just needed something to rhyme with yeah. Ned or with whatever. Yeah. The Fred, other Ned, Zach, Zach and, and Jack. Uh, Jack. Yeah. yeah. It's all like really easy. <laughs> <laughs> one syllable names and yeah, Cornelius. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Tabinch attachments in the chat said, I like best thing we got today, but I really like the mix of the song with the leak from Bono playing in, in easy is pronounced at ease and at Kygo's concert much, both much better. So yeah, I thought maybe Kygo would be, go the Howie B route and be a sort of banished from YouTube kingdom after <laughs> the, the leak or whatever, playing it prematurely. But I guess it's good that he's getting to stick around um, uh, on his own, obviously not. Um, but yeah, so Curious what you fans, listeners out there are thinking, YouTube fans out there are thinking, and uh, I don't know if the poll is still active or not, but uh, you can also tweet at any of us if you disagree with <laughs> or or agree uh, strongly enough to tweet back at us with what your uh, thoughts are on the order of things, the 
particular songs, what your thoughts are on the blackout, or little things that give you away, and and especially obviously that you're the best thing about me. Well, I, briefly, I guess on the cover of the the single, which I don't know, aside from like obviously in iTunes, etc. Does there like why are you pointing, Sherry? Because that's the cover. Oh, it's right. It's cover. I'm doing <laughs> on the video version. Sorry, if you're you're on the yeah. video version. Oh, wrong way. It's not, you know, yeah, it's not really, I think the first time that we posted about it, I called it the cover image and I was like, wait a second, there, there's not a cover. It's, there's not going to be a physical CD. So then I just started calling it a promo image. I think that would yeah. be more apropos, right? Yeah. It's not like going in a record store well, somewhere. Well, in the there... promotional right. material, um, wasn't it on YouTube.com as, as the sleeve? Calling yeah, it the sleeve I, I, image? Yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, sleeve So maybe they are going to... Old, no, old school it. No, they're not going to record day. Right, Re- they are not going to day. <laughs> Which is like in November, eight, record store eight, day. They will have the fifteen different remixes of the single with okay, that as maybe. the sleeve. Hmm. Which is Perhaps. also funny because it is yeah. a cyan blue, and that is cyan Evans. So right. that's a that's a funny little thing that uh, Beth Nabby pointed out. I said, I said this, I, I love the photo. It's a great photo. And I said this to Chris before you two hopped on before we started recording, but you can tell why edge is bald. Cause she got all the hair. in the <laughs> Yeah. She's got a lot of hair. I mean, that is a fantastic head of hair. That is, that is awesome. Very, There's also cool a uh, special visual art piece that will be coming for youtube.com subscribers. Any thoughts on what, I mean, is that like a, couple of photos that edge took during the recordings or is it <laughs> is that coming before the promised vinyls in september in september oh yeah i don't know oh like the for the youtube.com yeah, yeah. yeah i want yeah. the membership days. gift before we get anything that we're any more visual art pieces yeah who knows all right well i think uh matt's reaching for water so it's probably about time we all go rehydrate and uh <laughs> re-listen to the the songs, Matt, Sorry. to listen to, uh, well, after you listen to Volcano, then go listen to The Blackout a couple more times yet. Oh, no, it's seriously, don't do that. Don't do It's not and like that. And then he will sleep like a baby tonight. <laughs> Trust me. Blackout is like light years better than sleep like a baby tonight. It is not at all like that, and I did not mean to give that impression. So, <laughs> How about Volcano? Where does it sit compared to The Blackout? Volcano, I I have come around to a degree on, so yeah. <laughs> That's a very uh, Bono answer to. Are you? Why is interesting? Why is interesting? Because this is the internet. This is what we do: beat That's things right. up and then keep them going a little longer. All right, it's like, uh, it's, it's like our at you two meme. Yeah. <laughs> so, like we said earlier, you uh, two. As we record this, you two is going to be on Jimmy Fallon. Thursday night in the States uh, and wherever the tonight show happens to be aired, I guess. And uh, Sherry, you remember, somebody mentioned that there's a football game on, so it might go later. And so set your DVR if you're recording it for an hour longer. I'm sure it'll be everywhere on the internet as well. You, their tonight show YouTube channel and stuff like that as well. Um, but if I they do any special so. live stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I would um, hope so. But in the case of Jimmy Kimmel, they did put up on Kimmel's official YouTube site. Uh, little things that give you away, but within six hours it was taken down. So yeah. I would imagine if they do uh, um, uh, the blackout as a second song because they're doing two songs, um, that song has not been officially released. So yeah, so it may not be available. And the label has been really fast about taking down stuff off of YouTube. So if fans think that they can throw it up onto YouTube, you'll probably get it taken down pretty quick. Yeah. Unfortunately, the internet finds a way, or fortunately, I guess, depending on your perspective, which side of the lawyer camp you're on. So <laughs> their life finds a way. Um, so in, in uh, wrapping up, I guess, where can folks uh, tweet at you if they disagree with some of your comments or thoughts or have a uh, strong agreement? There's no reason it has to all be negative, Matt. Don't, you don't have to get too sad. I'm not kidding. No. Cover that up on the, on the screen. <laughs> I am, I'm erasing my Twitter. <laughs> all the black here first. fans are black at me i'm done <laughs> matt is blocking hey, i'm gonna i'm gonna come just, just as much heat as you maybe i mean because <laughs> well be ripping on the new single that came out today that has everyone excited yeah is that me <laughs> all right colin what's your twitter account so people can oh uh, uh, sure I'll, I'll give a fake one um no <laughs> 
Not Matt McGee. There is taking. another Colin Suter out there, so he's he's in for a treat tomorrow. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's at Colin underscore Suter. All right, Matt. How about you? I'm not. I, I am leaving Twitter tonight. I'm canceling my account. I'm making it private. <laughs> All right. I won't. All right. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm at Matt McGee, but I just. I don't even want to. Don't at. Don't at me. <laughs> yeah. And Sherry, how are you? Uh, I was going to say I'm at Matt McGee, uh, but you can always reach me at at, at YouTube Sherry. The listeners are very nice. They're very kind. Um, I'm Mike Chris on Twitter. You can also tweet at the at YouTube account, twitter.com slash ATU2, facebook.com slash ATU2com, and instagram.com slash ATU2com. Uh, next show that the, the band is doing is in New Friday. York, right? Friday in Minnesota. Or, oh, why did I New York? They're just in New York. Oh, right. Uh, they're in New York for tonight's show. Yeah, tonight's show, but not. Yeah, okay. And there's still general admission tickets available for it. Um, they they did a GA drop. Uh, so by the time you listen to this podcast, there may still be tickets left, but there are GAs left for several of the North American tour dates All right. Uh, over the next two and a half weeks. Well, Minneapolis is only like a 20-hour drive from where I am, I guess I could quickly boot down there we'll see um you are there yeah all right thanks everybody for listening thanks to the three of you for joining me and uh hopefully it all recorded and you get to listen to it or watch it later on our youtube channel or whatever we'll post it on uh, at youtube.com thanks for listening thanks for watching have a great day bye bye bye